This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 784 with Andrea Ippolito. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 784. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Andrea Ippolito is the CEO and founder of Simply Fed, a virtual baby feeding support platform. She previously was a faculty member at Cornell University, Presidential Innovation Fellow based out of the White House, and co-founder of Smart Scheduling, acquired by Aetna Health. She is a shameless mom to a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a brand new little one born last month. Her journey through motherhood inspired her mission to provide better feeding support to mothers with newborns and infants. As many of you know, baby feeding was a lot for me. So breastfeeding was a huge, huge struggle for me. I gave it everything I had. It really deeply impacted the first six months of Vinny's life and the first six months of my life as a mother. And I have a lot of big feelings around it and a lot of big feelings around how we talk to moms about baby feeding. In our situation, it impacted my mental health in a big way. It impacted Vinny's physical health in a big way. It was a really, really challenging season. And so I have a very large soft spot in my heart for moms and feeding and babies and feeding and really how to make feeding accessible and inclusive in every way for new moms or moms of new babies. So I'm excited for this conversation because Andrea and I are very much on the same page with this. And so it's a really good conversation. Things get a little juicy in here when we kind of get on our high horse about all the things that we believe about baby feeding today. So listen in to hear Andrea share how her struggles around breastfeeding led her to founding Simply Fed, the ways in which our current baby feeding infrastructure is broken, data points that validate that breastfeeding is hard. It is so, so hard. Even if you have an easier experience with breastfeeding, it's still hard. She then talks about how many, most maybe insurance companies are out of compliance when it comes to providing free support to baby feeding parents. She talks about the perfect storm that created our recent slash current formula shortage. She digs into how Simply Fed is an inclusive baby feeding company, not just a breastfeeding company. We talk about the truth about women-led companies, that women-led companies are more profitable, more innovative, and more impactful in terms of missions and outcomes, and the significance of her company, a mom-founded, mom-led company creating formulas and support for moms is really, really different than big, huge corporations founded and led by men who are 
creating formula and support for moms. And lastly, we dig into what needs to be done to create systems that actually support women's health. So ooh, this is a good conversation. I, you're going to get to hear a lot from Andre and me. And I think a lot that will maybe spark some new ideas for you. And also just illuminate some of the things that are so significant for new moms, for moms of new babies, that maybe you haven't considered before. And I hope will help you if you are in that situation. But also if you can pass any of this information along to your mom friends who might find themselves in this situation. So with all that said, please join me in welcoming Andrea Ippolito to the Shameless Mom Academy. Andrea, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be a good conversation. So people who've been listening to the show for a while, for the last seven years, know that breastfeeding is something that was very challenging for me. And so when I got your email about talking through baby feeding and all the things that that can look like, I was immediately like, yes, this is a conversation that we should have. People have heard my story, but I haven't dug into this with someone who's really doing work in service of supporting moms through feeding their babies. So this will be really, really exciting. So I'm very honored to have you here for this conversation today. Well, I'm super excited to talk about this. this is my favorite topic. And there's so much that we need to bring to light in this arena. And you sharing your story with everyone makes everyone better. And so I'm just so excited to be part of this conversation with you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. So I live in Ithaca, New York, which is central New York, upstate New York. And I have two girls. I have a daughter, May, she's five and a daughter, Louisa, we call her Lulu, who's almost two. And then I am pregnant with my third daughter. Oh my goodness. Yeah, which is super exciting and also a pain in the butt at the same time, (laughs) being pregnant with two other kids, but hey, I'll take it. And they're doing early summer, but uh, I love living where we live and, and they are what motivated me to start this company. And they are why we live where we live too, because we wanted just a more flexible lifestyle. And and that's what we love about the ecosystem here. But my background was growing up outside of Boston. So a Boston girl at heart. Love that. So you just said that your daughters are why you do the work that you're doing. Can you tell, explain and elaborate just a little bit on how your daughters have inspired the work that you're doing with Simply Fed? Yeah. So my background is in engineering. Then I worked at medical devices for a while. And then my graduate research was at MIT for the chairman, the Joint Chiefs of Staff on implementing and scaling telebehavioral health. So how do we improve access to mental health care services for service members faced with post-traumatic stress? And so I've been working in telehealth for over 10 years and then went to the federal government. And at the tail end of that time in government, I was pregnant with my first daughter, May. And we ended up moving to upstate New York. I was traveling back and forth between Boston and DC and realized that that wasn't going to work. And that works for some folks, but it, it didn't work for me. And so we decided to move to Ithaca so that we could you know, raise our family here and had my first daughter. And I saw how hard baby feeding was. And I started off breastfeeding and I had no idea what to expect. No one had really talked to me about it and all those prenatal appointments. And then all of a sudden you deliver this nugget, 3D print it, and you know it's out into the world. And then the first task you have is to, to feed it and keep it alive. And my goal was to breastfeed, but I had a heck of a time with it. And breastfeeding just wasn't very natural to me, even though it's, you know, quote unquote natural. And breasts are organs. And it felt like there wasn't as much support as there should be seeing how connected it was, not just to my physical health, but my mental health, but also my baby's health. And so that was one giant observation. And, you know, I felt so exhausted from it and, you know, ashamed. And I felt like I had failed. And this was my first task as a mom. And oh my gosh, I had mm-hmm. been brewing this baby for nine months. And I also learned that, you know, most parents both breastfeed and use formula in some capacity. And then the big aha was 
that I learned that under the Affordable Care Act, you know, way back in 2012, is when they passed legislation through that, that breastfeeding support and baby feeding support is required to be covered by health plans at no cost to you. And it's your right to have access to support. And so I was struggling so much with baby feeding and heard this from so many people, friends and family that they struggle too, but realized why is the system the way it is? And that's what encouraged you know us to found Simply Fed to really redesign this care pathway surrounding feeding your baby. And the way we approach that is we comprehensively tackle baby feeding and we meet families where they're at, whether they're breastfeeding, formula feeding, pumping, using donor milk, G2 feeding, however you feed your baby, we got your back to allow you to feel good about feeding your baby because this is so connected to your physical and mental health. And, and so the way we do that is we start working with families during pregnancy, we provide access to insurance covered for free, breastfeeding and baby feeding support. We do a prenatal education appointment so that you can learn what your options are, but share what your goals are. And that way our providers then work with you. And these are highly credentialed, gold standard, evidence-based providers that work with you to design a plan And then after baby's born, we continue to work with you in an ongoing way, 100% virtually to help support you however you feed your baby. So if you're breastfeeding or in any capacity, we help you with latching, positioning, feeling pain, sleeping and feeding, oversupply, undersupply, tongue ties, and also with pumping, making sure you're getting size for breast pumps or medical devices. So you got to make sure that you have the right size or else it's going to cause you pain and or your production will be lower. And then we also support formula feeding and combo feeding because heck yeah, most parents do it and we should talk about it loud and proud. And so we also distribute access to the super trusted organic and affordable formula that's high quality. And we believe that's super important. And by being inclusive with baby feeding, we find that our breastfeeding rates are actually pretty high, which sounds counterintuitive, but because we're super approachable about getting care and providing that care in a non-judgmental way, we find that folks are able to reach their baby feeding goals, whatever those are. Oh my goodness. So much of what you just said, I was like mentally checking boxes of like, yes, like these are so many of the important things that like critical to know around feeding your baby. And I was also thinking through almost everything that you mentioned were things that I knew at the end of my breastfeeding journey, because I had been through so many ups and downs, like so many of the little things that you mentioned, even like the tube feeding were things that at certain points we tried that parents have no idea what most of those things are at the beginning of their journey. But seven months into mine, I knew what most of those things were. How beneficial would it have been if I knew all those things before I started versus going through it and having my baby's health and my mental health significantly compromised over the course of those seven months, because I didn't know so many of those things that you just mentioned. And I was like learning as I went, but while I was in a very sleep deprived slash traumatic environment, trying to figure this out while my baby was really hungry and I was not producing enough milk. So I so appreciate all the points that you just brought up. I think that they're really, really important. And it just really points to the importance of education pre-baby and early, early on so that parents can make the decisions that are best for them in those moments. Um, And I also recall like having, especially in Seattle, like we're very organic, natural, save the earth and the environment and babies and breastfeeding and all these things, which can be great. But the assumption is that like everyone's hundred percent breastfed around here. And I remember going to a parent group and everyone was having a horrible time breastfeeding. We all had like two month olds at the time. All of us were struggling with it. And most of them had already started supplementing with formula. And I just remember this like level of permission, like, okay, first of all, I can admit that this is really hard and that's a safe thing to admit. And also it doesn't have to be a grueling grind every single day. Like it's okay to use formula. And that was not on my radar at that point, which was really, really helpful. You say that the baby feeding infrastructure is broken. And I think that some of the things I just said speak to that, but can you more specifically explain what that means on a systemic level and how moms and babies are experiencing this on a crisis level? Yeah. And thanks for asking this question. So one way that the baby feeding infrastructure is broken is first off under the Affordable Care Act, 
You're supposed to get access to insurance covered for free starting during pregnancy, baby feeding support by trained healthcare professionals. This was a policy that was enacted over 10 years ago, and most health plans are not compliant to that policy, which is mm. a tragedy, right? And again, like we've seen so much in the past year in particular surrounding the lack of women's health, the terrible statistics you see about maternal health. We are the most dangerous developed nation to deliver a baby in the world. And this is part of the failure of moms. And, and so one key area that the infrastructure is broken is that parents shouldn't be struggling as much as they should, to your point and what you were saying. They should have access to a healthcare professional that can work with you one-on-one, -on -one, ongoing, starting during pregnancy, to learn your goals and create a plan that works for you and that is designed for you so that you can not struggle or have freedom such as bottle feeding. So you can get a little bit more sleep if that's one of your goals, right? And But the most important thing is they will design a plan that works for, for you. The second way that the baby feeding infrastructure has been truly broken, especially this last year, is that as we've seen, there's been an, a formula shortage. And by the way, that formula shortage is ongoing. At many stores, they still only have maybe one or two formulas, which again, might work for you. But if you need to troubleshoot and find the best formula for your baby's tummy, that is not great. And also having consistent access to a formula, because once you do start using a formula that works, having to switch is not ideal for your baby often because it can it's different, right? Just like anything, it, your baby could have maybe not as great reaction if you switch formulas. And so having consistent access is also important, especially when that's your baby's whole food source. And by the way, formula is designed to be an infant's whole new food source and nutrition if it needs to be, and that's part of your goals. And so how we got here with the formula shortage is a perfect storm of a number of factors. Um, one big thing is that we have so few formula companies. There's the big three, Enfamil, Similac, and Gerber. And Similac's the biggest one, 40% of the market. So when they went down last February, it sent shockwaves to the entire system. Coupled with the fact that it was still in the pandemic, supply chains are disrupted. And the thing about formula is that you can't just replace one ingredient with another. Like you think Kraft Mac and Cheese, I'm just speculating here, if they had an issue with a, a, one of their ingredients, it's not easy for them to replace one of those ingredients for food safety reasons, but it's easier because a formula gets approved with a certain amount of ingredients that have certain nutrition levels. So you can't just like take one oil and replace it with another oil. That's not how it works. It's very regulated for good reason. And so when there was supply issues, then this caused, that also influenced the shortage. So it put flames on the fire that the Abbott recall caused. And just to give another example of that, you know, where is the most sunflowers made in the entire world? Ukraine. So then when the Ukraine war happened and wow. the ingredient in many formulas is sunflower oil, again, more flames. <laughs> and so you have this oligopoly of a few formula manufacturers. One went down. I won't go into the details of how we got there with so few formula companies. And there's such few American formula manufacturing facilities and coupled with supply chain. And so we need a system redesign with baby formula in this U.S., coupled with making sure parents have access to trained healthcare professionals covered by their health plan as required by law. And so those are two ways that, from a systems perspective, we're truly failing American families and Simply Fed works to combat both of those issues. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So something interesting that just came to mind as you explained all that, and oh my gosh, that explanation was so helpful and fascinating. I mean, as you kind of spoke through the layers and then you got to like sunflowers in Ukraine and I was like, holy cow, like the global layers that created this perfect storm, as you called that are massive implications all around for sure. The thing that came to mind for me is when I was in the situation of trying to decide like how much more am I going to try to make breastfeeding work versus going, trying formula. We were also in this other health crisis. So I was in the crisis of not producing enough milk. My son was also having like this major skin reaction. His whole torso was like raw. And we had him at a pediatric dermatologist at two months old. We couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like off of dairy and gluten and eggs and soy and peanuts. I mean, I was like eating beans and rice pretty much. And we couldn't figure out what was making a skin flare up. And so when we were considering formula, what was scary was that we thought for sure that dairy was one of the things that was making a skin react. So then we thought, okay, well, if we're going to do formula, we can't do a formula that has dairy in it. And at that time and doing a lot of research, there was only a couple non-dairy options for formula. And they were mostly like corn syrup and like, like mostly corn syrup with like some other filler in them. And I was like, I can't in good consciousness be like, well, I guess I'm just going to give my child some corn syrup. And so this was really, really stressful trying to figure out like what would be an alternative for him if he couldn't do dairy and had to do formula. And in the meantime, he's like not gaining weight. He's starting to drop on the weight charts. He's borderline failure to thrive. So another perfect storm of things happening. And to your point around walking into the grocery store and seeing only one option and knowing your child as intimately as any mother knows their child, and then having an industry say, well, just switch to this. This is what's available. And you probably should feel grateful that there's anything on the shelf at all is so dehumanizing to a parent and to a child. And I'm curious your thoughts on a company that is founded by a mom as in Simply Fed, versus the corporate infrastructure of the big three companies that you just mentioned, because I'm making assumptions here, but I'm guessing that this isn't like boardrooms full of moms, liberty to make decisions for those corporations. I'm guessing it's predominantly organizations led by men who have never had to go through the struggle of breastfeeding or make huge decisions around formula feeding their child. Yeah, and having organizations that are mom-led, truly mom-led, and no doubt, I do know moms that work at those companies, and they're great and they're mission-driven. Having companies that are mom-led is, I think, vital because you want someone at the top that's the decision-maker, then push comes to shove, they can put themselves in the customers that they have the privilege to serve. And I can say that at Simply Fed, everything we do, we agonize over, we obsess over to the point where it almost get, it's almost overwhelming how much we obsess over it is because we have been there and we have been in the shoes of the folks that we have the privilege to serve. And we might not get it right all the time. We are certainly not perfect. 
However, we are making decisions with parents' interests in mind and thinking about how would this made us feel if we were in their shoes. And again, we might not get it right all the time, but having a value system aligned with how you want a parent, with how it's applied in real life via the, our organization of Simply Fed matters. And I also think that women-led companies just do it better. And, and that's just not my personal speculative opinion. Women-led companies are more profitable. We are more innovative. We tend by the data to tackle more impactful things. And that is slightly subjective, but it's true when you look at the data. And so woman-led companies do better for society economically and just overall in creating impact for, I would say, American families. Mm -hmm. But yet we have so few women leaders in our organizations because society has not set up the societal infrastructure to help support women be leaders at the tops right. of these organizations with things like lack of paid parental leave, lack of universal childcare support, moms constantly being the default parent and getting calls from schools and pediatricians and, and travel and, and just being more difficult and all the things that I think probably all of the listeners feel strongly about or, or have felt in some capacity. And so we need more societal infrastructure to support women leaders and mom leaders because by the time you get enough confidence, by the time you get enough expertise to be a leader and save these organizations, it also happens to coincide with when you often become a parent. And yeah. so if we want to be economically better as a nation, take away the just societal impact for it, although that's the real reason, then heck yeah, we need to support moms and leadership roles because it's the best thing for us in our economy. But I think too often we think about moms and leadership roles as philanthropy or women in leadership roles as philanthropy, but it has nothing to do with that. It's the right thing to do business-wise. Absolutely. 100%. And to your point, like the data that supports what women do when women are in positions of power, when women are decision makers and when women make more money, like the way that they give back and it becomes this like really cyclical cycle within that benefits society in really great ways. And I think that's such an important point to bring up. I want to talk about the research that validates that breastfeeding is hard. And so I know that you have some research around this and I think it's really important. We have listeners who when I poll our listenership, it's always really interesting. We have a decent amount of listeners who are moms to be, or at some point want to have children, but don't have them yet. We also have a number of listeners who have like, you know, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And then we also have this contingency of moms. And I actually was just at dinner last night with a friend in this situation who have like a 10-year-old and then they're pregnant with another. And the difference between, <laughs> we were laughing last night about like the snoo. So my friend was like, she's having her second baby. In just a few weeks, she also has a 10 year old. She's like, okay, so there's this thing called the snoo. And I was like, oh, I've heard about it because we have podcast sponsors. So I'm aware of these things. She's like, I've never heard of this thing before. I'm like, well, I've heard everyone needs to have one now. Like it's, you know, this fancy thing. I'm like, also, I heard it's like a thousand dollars. Like we're having this whole conversation about like, how have things changed for moms in the last 10 years? So I know we also have this contingency of moms who listen, who did things one way five, eight, 10 years ago, and now they're pregnant again and things have shifted. And so can you talk about breastfeeding being hard, the statistics behind that and how people who are know that breastfeeding is coming up for them in some capacity or might be coming up for them um, and might not know, how can we validate those moms as well, um, even if they've done it before? Yeah, and I love this question. So here are some data points for folks to noodle on. So 85% of women start off breastfeeding only 25%, one in four, are reaching the breastfeeding recommendations put out by folks like AAP and ACOG, which by the way is to fully breastfeed for six months, which I certainly did not reach that with either of my kids. And 60% of those 85% that started breastfeeding wanted to breastfeed for longer, but cite lack of access to support. And that's incredibly frustrating because if you're under the Affordable Care Act, you're supposed to get access to support at no cost to you covered by your health plan, whether you're on commercial health plans, Medicaid plans, TRICARE, 
whichever, you're supposed to get access to breastfeeding support for free starting during pregnancy. And that actually leads me to the last statistic that I'm going to share is that we know from the medical literature that when a woman doesn't reach her breastfeeding expectations, she is much more likely to be diagnosed with postpartum depression. And so to your question about what the listeners know, it's all about getting access to support starting during pregnancy to share what your goals are, get them validated by an expert and develop a plan that works for you. If your goal is to be able to sleep more than five or six hours at night is let's talk about a plan for pumping again, if that is your goal. So that way your partner can help support. If your goal is to be fully breastfeeding at the breast, cool. Let's talk about what that looks like. Let's also set expectations on what that looks like. What that is, is in the first week, you're, it's droplets at first and your milk takes three to five days to come in. No one certainly told me that with my first kiddo. And so I thought I was failing when I might've been failing, but I immediately just you know thought I was doing a terrible job, but actually it's normal for milk to take a while to come in and it'd be droplets at first. So that's your goal. And let's talk about what hand expression is and let's set expectations about that. If your goal is fully formula feeding, awesome. Let's talk about what options and choices you have available to you, what to expect, what amount, safe use and preparation of formula, especially in light of a formula shortage this past year. And so we know that it's so important to set expectations during pregnancy, but a lot of folks kind of Heisman or push off that prenatal baby feeding education appointment because they're like, that's a later problem. I got to worry about the labor, but one thing I learned from lived experience is that, you know, you get through labor, you're like, hooray, I did it. All right, let me take a break. And then all of a sudden you have to feed the kiddo. And <laughs> by the way, like, like 10 thing. minutes later and every yeah. 10 minutes after that. <laughs> exactly. From Boston area originally, I'm not the biggest Bill Belichick, uh, you know, New England Patriots coach fan, but there was this expression he had, you know, no days off. And I say that with baby feeding. Baby feeding is no days <laughs> off and it starts oh, like equals zero with this kiddo. And so I think it's so important to get access to that insurance covered prenatal baby feeding education appointment, but it often gets pushed out later and then parents are struggling and, and it, it impacts their mental health and, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't have to. Yeah. One of the things that I did that there's so many things <laughs> that I would do differently, but one of the things I did when my son was born in my determination to breastfeed and be the, the good mom. I wasn't even trying to be like the perfect mom, but like, I was trying to do like the right thing. Didn't need to be perfect, but I needed to do the right thing. So at one point I was taking like 30 pills a day of all these different kinds of supplements on top of that, I kept getting mastitis. So then I had like extra supplements for that. It was like just this vicious circle of all the things. But when my son started a few weeks in maybe six weeks in, when my son started to sleep for a little bit longer periods at night, I mean, like three to four hours, I would set an alarm to get up every two hours to pump, even if he was still sleeping. So I had not slept in six weeks. And then when I finally had the chance to start sleeping, I was like, okay, here's my perfect opportunity. If he's going to sleep an extra hour, that means I can get in an extra pumping session. And it was like this competitive sport. And I remember so many nights coming downstairs to pump so many different nights and sitting in my living room. I also, it was like pre doing things on my phone 10 years ago. So just like sitting, it was like just cold and lonely. Like there's no TV shows on. I'm not like doing anything on a device. I'm just like sitting in my cold and lonely house at 2 AM. And it was a horrendous decision thinking about the impact on my physical and mental health to decide to wake up more often when my baby started sleeping was in no universe. Is that like the right decision? But in my mind, it was like how I could get ahead with milk production. And if I could go back and tell like that version of myself, anything, it would be like, get the sleep, get the rest. Like don't kill yourself trying to do this. And when I look at all the things that I tried over those first six months, I am very aware of the magic that I missed out on because I was so fixated on doing this one thing right And it was a game I was never going to win, but I kept thinking, well, maybe if I just try this one other thing or tweak it this way or that way. And so I think when we have these data points and we have this information and we can normalize all kinds of feeding and normalize that it's really hard and normalize having goals around it, which I think is brilliant to be like, well, what's the goal? Like 
did my goal didn't need to be breastfeeding. My goal could have been like a rested mother who enjoyed the moments. I think that we can look at this in a really, really different way when we put those pieces in place. Totally agree. And, you know, we want healthy babies and we want healthy moms. Yeah. And a healthy mom is one that has the freedom to choose how to feed her baby in a way that she wants that protects her physical and mental health. And so one of the reasons Simply Fed exists is Simply Fed providers will work with you, covered by your health plan at no cost to you, to understand your goals and your situation to make an informed choice on what works best for you. And you wouldn't think what I just said is controversial, but it mm. sadly is. So we at Simply Fed are a breastfeeding support org that helps provide access to formula. And that feels wrong to some people. And our stance is you'll get healthy babies if you have healthy moms, both mental and physical health. And it's time now in 2023 to support all parents without judgment, no matter how they feed their baby. And that's what Simply Fed is here to do and what we stand for and what we're very loud and proud about. And by the way, fun fact and statistics 87% of our patients continue to feed their babies with breast milk at three months compared to the national average of 69% because we remove that stress, right? We say it's okay to do what works best for you, mom, and your mental health and your physical health. And by the way, what's good for you is good for your baby. Mm-hmm. And so we weirdly enough, find that our breastfeeding rates are way higher than the national average because we're inclusive. And even if you're fully formula feeding, I'm super excited to share, we have a national Aetna commercial contract. Aetna came to us and said, look, we think it's really important that we provide support for fully formula feeding parents. We're like, heck yeah, we agree. And so no matter how you feed your baby, you can get support. You can get access to tools such as insurance covered breast pumps, VR, people we partner with, but also formula that is consistently available as well. I love that. Can you talk about what needs to be done to create systems that actually support women's health? Well, it's a very big question and I love it. Well, and again, it's one of those big system level changes that need to happen. So we know that for instance, when you look at the NIH budget, that there is more funding dedicated to men's health diseases than women's health, full stop. Mm -hmm. Also know that when you look at who's going back to our earlier conversation, who's leading healthcare organizations, it's primarily men. And we know from the data that women develop solutions and offerings for women. So when you have a lack of funding going to women's health-related conditions, you have a lack of leadership and people in decision-making authority and power. When you have a lack of women in government elected positions, it creates this perfect storm of terrible, of women's health being an afterthought. We also know from the data that women's pain is not taken as seriously. We know that black women in particular are disregarded. Their pain is not taken seriously, which is why we're in the maternal health crisis we're in. When you look at the data, black women are three times more likely to die in and around birth and postpartum. And by the way, a lot of the mortality is happening postpartum, not just in labor and delivery. We forget that. You don't just check this box once you get out of the hospital. We have to do more to monitor families postpartum as well. And so the system is truly broken. And so we need government stakeholders. We need policy to come alongside it. And you know, the example of breastfeeding support being part of the ACA 10 years, more than 10 years ago, and still not a policy that is enforced is a great example of it. I think often, you know, we put it in and we check the box, but let's implement it. Let's put the systems in place. And so we need a major system redesign. And let's not forget that women's health is health. We are half the population. And so we need to do so much more. Oh, pregnancy. I always get a little teary when I talk about this to uh, play in the pregnancy hormones. Um, but we need to do so much more to redesign the system. 
And a big part of what we do at Simply Fed is try to integrate our care into the existing system. Because if we want to be part of the change that we want to see, we can't just live in this little silo. We have to be integrated. So what does that mean? We advocate for our families to get and reach out to the health plans because we know the language that will allow these services to be covered. We also, of course, do national and regional and state contracts with the health plans that further enable that. And we will fight on behalf of our patients because we know the language. Because even though I've been in healthcare my whole career, sometimes I learn these words. I'm like, holy moly, this is, this is you know, great to me. And so what we do at Simply Fed is really partner with health, the health plans to ensure these are covered. We also partner with health systems so that uh, OBs at 28 weeks are referring to us as part of their workflow so that everyone as part of their practice gets an appointment as part of their prenatal care experience. And so if any OBs are listening or pediatricians, labor and delivery units, we love to partner with you. And we're partnering with over 325 healthcare systems and provider wow. groups right now. And so if your practice doesn't have it, you're already behind. So, and if you're a patient in one of these practices, you deserve better. And so this is something we like to educate folks about because the care we need breasts or organs. And if you're formula feeding, your brain is an organ that needs support too. And so we like to say, we want to be part of the change we want to see. And so that means kind of fighting the good fight of integrating with the existing healthcare system. And that allows the system to change and it's incremental. It's going to take a lot of times. And we're one of the many stakeholders, holy, like there's a whole chorus of us singing this same song. And so, but we'd be honored to work with folks as part of this. Oh my gosh. I love that. And thank you for those really specific call outs to people that like might be listening and make and be interested in connections in different ways um, in terms of healthcare providers and things like that. Cause I think that that's really, it's really important that we're kind of, that we're explicit in that. And I appreciate you doing that. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, how to keep house while drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm curious. So we're recording this a couple months before you're due with your third baby. May I ask, and you can tell me no if you want, but may I ask as you go into uh, feeding a third child, do you know, like, have you thought through what this is going to look like compared to the other two? how things have changed for you as you've gotten just more and more deep into this work, like, you know, the the life circumstances of already having two little ones running around you while you're feeding a child. Do you have any specific goals in mind that you want to share before you have this third baby and you think about feeding for him or her? No one's ever asked me this and wow, thanks for asking it. Cause I'm so excited to share. I'll be blunt. I am not looking forward to it. Like full stop. Like it is not this, you know, breastfeeding on a lily pad for me. Like I know what's about to happen and I know it's a lot. Mm. However, I have a plan because I have access to support covered by my health plan for free. (laughs) 
from Simply Fed providers. Uh, but seriously, so here's my plan. And I share this as someone who obsesses over baby feeding all day. My goal is to breastfeed. And I know from my past two kids that I've never been able to be a fully breastfeeding for whatever reason, that's just not in the cards for me. My second kid, I mostly got there with my first kid, nowhere close. And so what I know works best for me is that I'm going to give it a go with breastfeeding and because I have access to support. And my plan is to combo feed for uh, throughout that journey. And I'll make it as long as I decide to in my mental health feels like it's up for it. I am a big fan of pumping. I love pumping. And as an example, we, and this is full disclosure, but I had a willow pump before with my second kid, before we partnered with them. I love the willow pump because it gave me that freedom, right? I think what a lot of times we forget that we are human beings when we are feeding our babies and freedom and having not be tethered to a pump or Mm -hmm other to your baby is important. So one of the freedoms that I got access to is a willow pump. And that allowed me to feel like I could leave my house uh, without my baby and do what I needed to do. But my plan is to combo feed throughout and we'll see how long I make it, but I have access to support. And I know that having ongoing access to support matters. So plan on working with our lactation consultants, pretty obviously during pregnancy, but also a lot in the first trimester, but then continuously updating that plan based on how my mental health is doing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so helpful for us to see here other people's journey into something like this and like really look at the practical application of everything that you just shared is really powerful and and special. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my goodness, Andrea, this has been such a phenomenal conversation. I so appreciate your passion, which has obviously guided your work in so many ways and created just an opportunity for you to have really significant and massive and lasting impact when it comes to feeding babies. Before we wrap up, I would love for you to share how you are currently showing up as a shameless mom. How I'm currently showing up a shameless mom is that, you know, if I make it to the end of the week and I somewhat am present on Friday night with my kiddos and don't pass out on the couch at <laughs> 8.30 PM or 8 PM, 7 PM some days, then that's a W. That, and that's a, a W and not being afraid to take a nap. For me, I take a nap often from once I put the kiddos to bed from eight to 10, and then I wake up and do what I want to do, whether that's watching Friday night lights on Netflix or, you know, finishing up emails and work or, you know, having that time to myself, but what that looks like is a nap and then, and, and having that time to myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So relatable. I remember when my son was in kindergarten and there started to be like school of, I think it was like cross country or something. There was some like sports thing that was happening on Fridays. And I was talking to this other mom and she was like, oh, she's like, we can't do that because we have a rule in our house that we put pajamas on at four o'clock on Fridays. And I was like, you are my people. <laughs> like, like what is this like six o'clock cross country on a Friday night? There's a lot. So I hear you totally hear you. Um, Oh my goodness, Andrea, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I'm so grateful for the time that you have given us. You've been really generous with your information. Can you tell people where people, where they can find you, where they can connect with simply fed and where they can get resources through simply fed as well. um, In addition to what you've already mentioned. Yeah, well, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. So simplyfed.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-E-D.com. It will want to autocorrect to simplify, but it is simply fed. <laughs> yeah, and- you'll have to type it in very explicitly because it does autocorrect. <laughs> I've looked it up a couple of times and every time I'm like, no, 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 simply fed. Exactly. <laughs> I know we thought we were being cute and now I'm like autocorrect. And then check us out on Instagram at simplyfedbaby. And then you, know, you want to learn more and, and get support, you can text us too and text us at 888-458-1364. That's 888-458-1364. And you'll have a live human being. I swear it's a human being. They're peer moms. We call them allies that is there to greet you and, and get you squared away and, and set you on your journey and, and help build a plan that works for you. Oh my goodness. I love it. So we will link all those references and resources up in the show notes. If people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Andrea Ippolito and everything will be right there in the show notes for people to just click right on through. Oh my goodness. Andrea, thank you so much for being here, for taking the time. 
come back anytime you have something new you want to share and good luck with that third little baby. So excited for you and your family and mostly take care of yourself as you journey into this next season of busyness, but also magic. (laughs) Thanks for saying that. I appreciate everyone listening and you got this. We're here cheering you on. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.